and carry the show where we don't just report on friend science spirituality and claims of the paranormal no we get very angry and we hit things i'm so mad i'm ross blotcher i'm carrie poppy oh i'm so mad ah, rage this episode is about rage rooms rage so we found the two angriest people who could possibly talk about it me and ross so angry we're so mad we're so mad all the time it's ross what people smash. always say to us Oh, you're so mad all the time in all your episodes and all your interviews. It's just nonstop rage. That's my secret, Carrie. I'm always angry. I knew it. Is that a quote? Yeah, that's from Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk. The Hulk. Who's kind of our cultural touchstone for Mm -hmm. anger. Uninhibited rage. Yeah, it's this character who, for anybody who doesn't know, know, he got a good dosing of gamma radiation. And now Mm. Dr. Bruce Banner, the mild-mannered Dr. Jekyll, if you will, Mm. this is Dr. Jekyll for a new generation, you wouldn't like him when he's angry because he gets big and green and thankfully his clothes kind of expand with him. At oh, least they don't pop? Enough that they kind of rip, but they still stay okay. on him to, okay, gotcha. to cover his now green bits. But then he's super angry and kind of invincible and he can just like smash and eat up everything. Is that Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Hey, That's okay. Right. He's the current Hulk after uh, Edward Norton and Eric Bana Edward Norton was didn't the work Hulk? out. Yeah. Well, for one film, it just oh. it, it didn't go so well. Love Edward Norton. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm so mad. Yeah. Oh, we're so mad. Pisses me off so much yeah, that he's not the Hulk anymore. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anger. You it's an emotion. It. We all have it. We all feel it from time to time. Time to time. Ella and Golly, my dog and cat, sometimes they feel it toward each other. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we'll have to stop recording because Golly is growling. Yeah. Poor Golly. This is a good way to examine anger is to have a dog and a cat because Mm. dogs have brains a little more like ours where they have that so-called lower brain. If I weren't a human, I would probably find this phrasing objectionable, but we'll go with it. Dogs have that part of the brain that's more like quote unquote animalistic, but they have a little bit more than a cat does. Mm -hmm. A little bit more of that human part of the brain that can... Stop, Uh take, pause, wait a second. Is this what you want to do? Can you evaluate? They're a little more like us in that way. And cats, just that part of their brain is quite small. They have a little bit. The cats take pause and then they add claws to them. (laughs) Yeah, then they're like, let's put knives in this. Let's see what happens This would be much better with stabby (laughs) things. Yeah, well, I mean, the animal reference is relevant to this discussion. It comes up a lot because Mm -hmm. people will talk about those orders of the brain. You've Mm -hmm. got these kind of higher order human functions, but then you've got these lizard parts of the brain Mm -hmm. that drive fear and anger responses. And hormones are part of this discussion. Yep. So are drugs. You can kind of get rid of that higher part of your brain through certain drug experiences, Mm -hmm. certain mental illnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Physical injuries to said brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are creatures who feel like... Like we have a lot of autonomy and choice over things, but there are these factors that drive us occasionally to things outside of our control, probably because they're outside of our control, often drive us to feel angry because we don't have control over the world. When you're talking about things outside of our control, you're not talking about rage. You're talking about other people's behavior or things that surprise us in our lives. Yeah, factors that can lead to those reactions, those hormone flows, those feelings of anger and rage. Because, you know, contrary to... 
our intuitive understanding, if psychology has taught us one thing in the last uh, 40, 50 years, it's like, actually, your emotions are to some degree a decision. And that decision might take a long time to make. It might take a lot of consistency to change those emotions. Mm -hmm. But to some degree, your emotions are a decision. So the investigation that we're about to tell you about is into rage oh, rooms. I'm so mad. And the underlying idea is that sometimes you need to get out your anger. There's this idea that anger is this thing and there's an amount of it and it's like yeah. it gets bottled up. And this is the theory I'm talking about. Like it's a volcano. It's building up mm -hmm. pressure and just it's got to come out somehow. So rather than taking it out on a person, maybe you go somewhere and you like hit things right you do something that like gets it out of you and then ah i'm better i relieved all that pressure yeah i picture like a coloring book of the human body and you've colored it in all the way up to the top with red crayon it's just like completely full and if you want that empty body again if you want to experience clarity well you're gonna have to get rid of all of it yeah it has to go somewhere this is the getting the theory i feel like there's a lot of parallels i'm thinking of to of sexual frustration mm -hmm. or anger like you know blue the, balls <laughs> right that's something that builds up and it's like okay there we go we depleted it now i can rest for a bit and i'll right. be angry again later so in this particular instance we are talking about rage rooms which yeah. are special rooms you can go to and wail on shit there's a related form of quote-unquote therapy that i've been really interested in for a long time carrie and i have talked about this long document that we have of our potential investigations and One, don't say what it is that'll I, freak me out i, I can see carrie <laughs> nervous like he's gonna say it isn't don't he all right it. i won't say it but it's been high on the list like under the part where it says ross's wish list because mm -hmm. i think it'd be really fun but it's also kind of rare and kind of expensive yeah and so it's always been in the back of my mind with all of my rage and i'm a rage and then just a few days ago I saw my coworker Amelia, who is one of the nicest people you can imagine. Hi, Amelia. She had posted this video online of her smashing shit in a rage room. Fun. And I went, whoa. And it looked like she had been having a good time and yeah. enjoyed it. And she was with three other friends, at least one of them, another coworker of mine. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Okay, well, this is close enough. Do they make claims about helping you deal with your rage? Because we should do this for the podcast. Yeah. So before we get to this exact rage room place, I also want to mention there's a different version of rage rooms that this could be confused with. And these were a little more popular, I believe, in like the 60s through 80s. Oh. They may have gone by additional names, but sometimes they were called rage rooms. And this was where you would go with your partner because you're specifically mad at your partner. Maybe it would be a friend or a colleague or whatever, but you'd take the person you are mad at okay. and hit them with like... A foam oh, mat right, or right. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or that even therapists would use this as mm -hmm. a mode of therapy. Like, here you go. Here's a padded bat. Wail on each other for a bit. You won't right. really hurt each other. I, You'll get it out. Actually, this is reminding me in fourth grade at the oldest. I remember getting in trouble and going to the principal's office and crying so much, and he pulled out a paddle, and it was a Nerf paddle. Oh, wow. And he hit me with the Nerf paddle. Oh, my gosh. Did that hurt? Nope, but was I was emotional. I was yeah. bawling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Aww. it was still very much messing with me. Much nicer than the paddle we had at home. Oh, whoa. Okay, I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I guess this is related to the discussion. So I'll say, yeah, at home we had this thing that was called the 
Board of Education. Very funny, Dad. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was shaped and lacquered, painted with a veneer finish and everything. And that's what I would get walloped with. Oh, my God. If I got in trouble. Yeah. How often did this happen? Hard for me to gauge, but if I had to estimate, I'd say maybe four times a year. What? Growing up. Oh, my God. Until I was in my teenage years, and my mom tried to pull it out and use it on me after my dad had left the house, and I told her- Because they had divorced, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And I told her, I'm too old for this. Oh, wow. Like, you can ground me, you can take away things, but- Oh, wow. Don't get anywhere near me with that, or I'll take it from you, and I'll hit you with it. (laughs) (laughs) Then it- Wow. Then it went away. But yeah, anyways, Holy shit. that was the Board of Education. So oh my God. not padded. I'm sorry about that. Huh? It's interesting, though, how much things change just from generation to generation. Like now, that's unheard of oh, for sure. someone our age if they had kids. Like, I mean, I don't know what the official legal response would be or anything, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to hear that in certain places like CPS would get called on you. Right, right. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. I, you know, I'll be honest. When I was a young Christian dad, yeah. I thought I was being very progressive by just using my hand. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, glad you stopped. Congrats on that. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I made a lot of changes early in my parenting uh, years as I fell out of religion and some ingrained behaviors. Holy crap. Well, about rage. Hey, rage. Yeah. Sorry. We were talking about (laughs) hitting people with stuff. No, no. It's totally appropriate. I just feel uh, strange. (laughs) Now you know why I have so much bottled rage. Yeah, now it makes sense. (laughs) I'm not actually. so fucked up. I never remember. No, no, I know. So, okay, rage rooms as they stand today seem to be this very similar but slightly cheekier operation Mm -hmm. where it's halfway between get out your rage and isn't it kind of fun to hit stuff? Carrie's saying with a, you know, implied wink and a nod. Yeah. This particular one that we heard about is in Los Angeles and it's the premier rage room and it's called Rage Ground. Yes. And when you mentioned this to me, we both sat down and we were like, do they make claims about this? And it took us a sec to find them. We wanted to make sure it wasn't just like, oh, it's fun to hit stuff. Right. Because then, how boring. They would just be making ordinary claims. (laughs) Why would we go there? But I do think this is an important point to make that much like the lie detector toy where, yes... It made claims about detecting lies, but it made more claims about being a toy. I think there's a similar comparison to be made here where, yes, they do talk about getting out your rage. Mm -hmm. If you go to their website, you're more likely to run into something that's about just like how fun it is to wail on a glass bottle. Right. And they'll they'll use both of those framings within the same paragraph. Uh, For Mm -hmm. example, I have on a card that they gave us, it was right by the door as you leave. Yeah. It says, what is Rage Ground? Rage Ground is the premier rage room. Never heard of a rage room? Well, you're in for a surprise. A rage room is a special place where everyday folks can take out their anger. We provide a safe and fun. Oh, it's fun. I thought we were getting anger. Okay. We provide a safe and fun environment where people can break everyday items with a host of weapons slash tools. And we said, we're hosts. (laughs) We're hosts of weapons. Yes, we are a host of weapons. And then on the back, they're advertising that there's events. You can host a party. They can accommodate any size groups. It can be for team building, retreat, or birthday parties. Like I picture a group of office workers getting together to go smash and bash things. But I think that kind of does 
betray what's more likely going on for most people, which is like, this is fun for most people. But then the question is, why is it fun? Is it fun because it's mm. catharsis? Because mm. it, catharsis being the releasing of something in a yeah. way that is therapeutic. It feels good. And that isn't directed at the most obvious target. I think mm -hmm. that's an important part of catharsis. There you go. It's not catharsis if I'm mad at Ross and I yell at Ross. That's just straight up anger. Oh, okay. But it's catharsis if I'm mad at you and then I like go out and key my neighbor's car. I okay. take it out in some other sort of hmm. way. Okay. Or maybe I go to a wrestling show and it's catharsis because I'm watching someone else beat up someone else and I'm like, okay, now I feel a little better. So we looked around a little bit online and there's not a lot in the way of studies about this yeah. specific phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Though you can find plenty of articles from websites, you know, like themindful.com has an article, five reasons why rage rooms are healthy. And the bullet points list that it aids in stress management. It helps you manage your temper. It's a new experience. It's a bonding experience. It's satisfying. So, you know, what could be wrong with it? That's funny, though, that they had five reasons because over at RageRoom.com, they have four reasons why Rage Rooms are healthy. They should borrow one of the yeah, reasons from there. Let me read you the four and you tell me which one's missing. Okay. The first is stress relief. Okay, stress management, sure. Second is anger management. Helps you manage your temper. Okay. Okay. Then new experience. Yes, yeah, that's number three. <laughs> okay. Fourth is bonding experience. Yeah, that's exactly what? it. What's the fifth one? It's satisfying. And it's satisfying. Okay. <laughs> that They really shoehorn that one in. <laughs> On Healthline.com, they say sense of empowerment, a safe space to explore emotions, non-judgmental okay. freedom to let it all out, and motivation for a positive change and a way to improve relationships. This one that's on RageGround.com okay. was written on October 13th, 2021. What about yours? See who was cribbing from whom. February 5th, 2021. Okay. Oh, interesting. RageRoom.com was like, we're not taking that fucking it's satisfying thing. That's stupid. <laughs> and you know what? I stand by them. Okay, so for... RageRoom.com, because this is the place we end up going, let me just quickly read you their anger management claim. Yes, please. It says, anger management. If you have a short temper and are prone to lashing out, a rage room can be very beneficial in helping manage your anger. Smashing things and screaming in a room <laughs> is a way to let out your anger without hurting anyone around you. Many people visit our rage rooms because there's no reason to hold things back. You can smash to your heart's content and we'll clean up the mess. All right. Now, another thing that's mentioned on RageGround.com is that it relieves stress and anxiety, which is also explained in terms of anger. So it says, when we experience anger, it is often accompanied by feelings of stress or anxiety. You may feel stressed from holding on to pent up anger or may feel anxious about talking to someone who has made you angry. One of the best ways to get to deal with your anger is to calm the stress or anxiety you are feeling. There's no doubt that a rage room and some destruction therapy can help relieve stress. Once you have gotten some of your extra energy and stress out, you may find it easier to deal with whatever is making you feel angry. So again, that's underlining this idea that there's sort of this physical substance, if you will. There's a rage unit and it's, you know, growing inside you and, well, we got to do something with it. And it's fungible in a sense that I can take it from here and I can mm -hmm. put it over there yep. in some other form. And ta-da, we've taken care of the rage. Yep. That's interesting. And when I kind of pitched this to Carrie and said, hey, my friend did this, so we should try this. 
she said, oh, well, all right. Does that really sound fun to you? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I want to yeah. hit stuff. Yeah, that sounds really cool. But then we had predictions because Carrie's like, this sounds a little bit like a testosterone I thing. know. I Yes, I'll admit this just sounded like a boy problem. It's funny because in many ways, Kara, my wife, yeah, my is wife. more into guy things than I am. Mm-hmm. She likes watching MMA fighting and she mm-hmm. likes cars and you know, I'm just not into any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I thought she would actually really be into this. And so I called her and like, hey, you want to do this rage room thing where we hit stuff? And she's like, if you want me to, I'll come along. <laughs> and but I was like, yeah, Kara, I, I get like, you. Mm, you're not supporting my data point. Now, to my credit, the person who originally gave me the idea was Amelia and Jillian and uh, four women. But then I predicted that Drew wouldn't be that into it because mm. Drew just seems like such a mild-mannered Bruce Banner type. And <laughs> and so then you said, hey, babe, you know, you want to do this rage room thing where we smashed up? He's like, yeah, that sounds yeah. fun. Like, okay, all right. Into it. And obviously, like, women, whether cis, trans, or otherwise, women also have some degree of testosterone. And this could also be a cultural thing. But it does sure. sound like the sort of thing that we usually associate with boys. So I expected it to go that way. But as we will find when I got there, I actually asked the guy... At the front, mm-hmm. like, well, do you see more women or men? He said 55% women, 45% men, if I had to guess. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. All right. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I stand corrected. I'm sure that could be broken down in any number of ways or it could be coincidence, but yeah, interesting. For sure. Well, or women are doing more social organizing. There could be all sorts of explanations that would right. keep my theory intact. <laughs> so we went to sign up and. You can do it from RageGround.com, and they even have mobile units. They can bring it to you in a van if you can't go out to their location in downtown L.A., they can bring you Rage Room on a mobile truck. When I saw that, I was like, should I vote for doing this at our wedding in April? (laughs) Just like mostly to be fun. Sure. Just to be like, we're the people who brought a Rage Room to you. You'll remember this forever and tell your children. But then I realized that was my only reason, and that's not a good enough reason to rent a rage room. Fair. We should mention that they have another option, which you thought sounded more fun, a paint paint room. Yeah, paint splatter room. Paint splatter. Yeah, that sounds fun. Now that sounds fun. And they even tell you, this is not a rage room. Yeah, I know. Why did they have to put that on there? It really ruined my fun. Oh, that Um, filled you with rage? Yeah, I was so mad when I saw that. I mean, listen, covering yourself and others in paint is a staple date on the Bachelor franchise. Is it really? Yes. Oh, yes. Especially bachelorettes are often taking their male contestants on dates where they both like roll in paint for some reason. Okay. (laughs) That show's bonkers. I don't know what it's for, but I keep watching it. And they've got all of this worked out where there's little pricing packages and add-ons and the per-person prices. So the splatter room is 30 minutes for four people, 160 bucks. (sighs) Yeah, it's too bad. But moving on on their website. they also have the actual rage room and there are a number of different packages you can get the one we got was the glass topia combo i gotta give them credit for the names these are pretty fun there's the keep it glassy (laughs) combo the date night combo glass topia which we got the smash party overkill Rage-a-palooza, the Big Bang combo. I feel like I led us astray by picking what I picked. In the video that I saw with Amelia, she 
was wailing on a printer. That sounds so much better. And like a computer tower. I was a little jealous. And you could pay extra just to add on anything a la carte. So we could have paid an extra 50 bucks and gotten a printer in there. But since it was Glastopia, it came with... 20 minutes in a rage room, mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes car smashing. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Get to beat up on a car. And this is uh, all glass and ceramic package. So one to four people, and it's different amounts based on how many people you have. You have to be at least 13. Okay. Yep. And you get 24 minis, 48 <laughs> smalls, and 48 mediums. Don't worry. Those aren't people. <laughs> They are glass and ceramic items. Yeah, so they've made like a little grid of glass bottles, ashtrays. I don't know where you even find ashtrays nowadays. Oh, there were ashtrays. Okay, I don't think I even singled in on that. A lot of votive candle holders. Yeah, totally. The long, tall candle holders and then short candle holders. Yeah, variety of glass objects. So that's what we signed up for, along with the 10 minutes with the car. And I'll say, here's one prediction I finally got right, which is that I said, okay, well, if we're signing up for half an hour of this, and we're going to be swinging around sledgehammers and bats, we're going to have like a ton of fun the first five minutes, and we're going to be super tired. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be exhausting. Uh, well, and I am proud to say I knew I wouldn't find it fun for any amount of time. Okay. <laughs> I did. That could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, perhaps. Well, I tried. Okay. I tried. Okay. What I did was I just basically turned my anthropology hat on. I was mm-hmm. just like, well, these people are having fun. How interesting. What is fun about this to them? <laughs> and I just tried to go there. But there was a moment when we were about eight or ten minutes in, not even halfway, where I did think, I have a book in my bag. Do I get out the book? Wow, just go and like read in the corner while... <laughs> yeah. Everybody else smashes stuff. But then I thought, the answer is no. You do not do that. You continue to watch. And so I did. So we haven't told them how much all this cost. Oh, it is $344. That's a lot of money. That is so much money. Combos range. There's all these little add-ons you can get. In fact, I'm looking at a image I took from when we were in there. They offered add-ons like... Well, if you don't already have car smashing, you can add that for 10 minutes, $120 per group, 10 extra minutes of whatever you're doing, $25. And then they've individually priced out shot glasses, mugs, glass cups, wine bottles, keyboards, microwaves, printers, 55 bucks for a printer, 35 for a microwave. Huh. That's not bad. We should have gotten a microwave. Confetti cannons. Whoa. I wonder if you could bring something in. If you could be like, don't worry, I'm gonna, I just want to smash my own printer. <laughs> it's like bringing your I own really cake to it. the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Can, can you just, bring us candles and yeah, sing to yeah. us? Uh, can I just get like a corkage fee on this printer? <laughs> well, we haven't gotten there yet, but you just reminded me that they did have pinatas hanging around, but there was no offer oh, to I didn't even notice that. include that in the rage room. Ah, uh, cute though. That's fun. So I also thought of my buddy Charles. Yeah. Because he was already going to be coming to hang out. We were going to go see Dune in the theater. Mm-hmm. So it was our day of Dune and Destruction. I invited him and said, would you want to do this? And I knew the answer would be yes. And I was correct. <laughs> now, if I could pick anybody who like I think could connect with the emotion of rage mm. or anger, it would be Charles. And not that he's like an always raging person, but it's definitely something he can tap into. If I had to ask anyone about death metal or Nordic metal music, you know, it would be Charles. <laughs> anyway, so I knew he'd be into it. And he was. And he was curious to see... 
if this would feel therapeutic at all, if it would yeah. feel like catharsis, like we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so that was our team. It was Carrie and Drew, myself and Charles. Charles and I came together, but you and Drew both came separately. So we all converged mm-hmm. upon this place in Los Angeles on 11th Street in downtown. Little ramshackle of a neighborhood, lots of tall buildings if you're not familiar with LA. Definitely a low-income neighborhood, sanitation issues and stuff that you expect alongside that. Like it smelled like urine outside the entrance to the rage room. And and there was a alleyway just outside of it that was filled with trash. Mm. And I went to take a picture of it and Charles said, oh, did you see the rat? Aw, buddy. No, where? He's like, it was a really cute rat. And then it popped back up again. Yeah, dumpster kind of overflowing, just... I'm showing Carrie, like Uh, graffiti everywhere. And then in the midst of all this, you have this Mm -hmm. rage ground. Like the building itself looks cool if you just... Yeah, it does. Look at that portion. I thought it was pretty funny right in front of it. It had one of those quintessential LA parking signs that had (laughs) maybe like four different sets of rules. One of those, like, if you come here exactly at Wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m., (laughs) you can park here. And we probably should have just said that. Seriously. Like, okay, I'll I'll just even read it. So no stopping 4 to 6 p.m. except Saturday and Sunday. But then right below that, four-hour parking Monday to Friday, 8 to 4 p.m., Saturday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sunday, 11 to 6. And you're like, what What do I do? I'm going to get towed. (laughs) That can be rage-inducing if you're in Uh, L.A. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because parking and cars are probably my easiest go-to if I have to think of like, when was the last time I was like truly mad, like felt mad in my body? Right, yeah. Not just intellectually, not like, if I think about that, that is unjust. But like, (laughs) I felt a feeling in my body that I did not like. That's true. The only recent times where I can think of having actually yelled Mm -hmm. were times when I was running late already And then Mm -hmm. I had a series of red lights. And it's like the first one I can be like, all right, L.A., you know. Then the (laughs) second one stops me. And it's just so arbitrary. No one's coming the other way. Come on, turn, turn. What the hell? So, yeah, yeah. Driving is rage-inducing. You got a lift drive. I did. And then he dropped me off pretty far from the building. And Carrie was filled with rage. No, I was just like, where is this? And Charles and I were talking politics on the way. So another good way to build up some rage. Okay, nice. And I'm driving through L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in case that helps. And then when we got there, it's interesting because... Despite being called a rage room and all that, the waiver doesn't really talk about anger or rage. The person who lets you in isn't really talking about anger or rage. Yeah. The website did in the materials. But yeah, now that we're down to brass tacks of signing up for this thing, you're right. It's a little more clinical than that. And they're not like giving you advice like, okay, now before you go in there, think of your meanest boss. Think of your nastiest ex-girlfriends. Like they're none of that. Yeah. No tips like that. They are definitely telling you to wear closed-toed shoes. You won't be allowed Mm -hmm. without them. We are wearing masks. Mm -hmm. They're giving Mm -hmm. us gloves. Oh yeah. If you're hearing this in the future, we recorded this during the COVID pandemic. We're all vaccinated at this point. They didn't check that, but certainly they wanted us to be wearing masks and they gave us gloves to wear as well. Yeah. You mentioned the waiver. That's an important thing to talk about. This is a serious waiver, y'all. So (laughs) Ross had mentioned before we even signed this something that I was so glad you said, Ross, which was Hmm. 
the biggest risk has to be hitting one another. You're using these <laughs> sledgehammers. Yeah, sledgehammers, bats, and you're just swinging them around Long and you're in pipes. a room with like three of your friends. It's Even one is like a little dicey. A three? Rel- relatively enclosed space. Yeah, it's not big. It's like a storage unit. It's like 10 feet by 10 feet, something oh, yeah. like that. By the way, you just reminded me apropos of nothing in particular, but we mentioned the price earlier, 344 bucks or whatever it was. That was before we added Charles. So that was another $58.50, just in case anybody's wondering about the overall cost. It's even more with a fourth person. Okay, so this waiver says, the risks include, among other things, slipping and falling, confined spaces, flying debris, collision with fixed objects, strains, sprains, broken bones, and musculoskeletal injuries, including head, neck, eyes, and back injuries, emotional injury, cuts, abrasions, (laughs) bruises, cardiac-related illness, organ damage, hearing loss, or even more severe life-threatening hazards, the negligence of the participants, equipment failure, (laughs) my own physical condition, and the physical exertion associated with the activity in any event. If you or your child is injured, any medical assistance will be at your own expense. Furthermore, RG employees have (laughs) difficult jobs to perform. They seek safety but they are not infallible. They might be unaware of a participant's fitness or abilities. They might misjudge the weather or the environmental conditions. They may give incomplete warnings or instructions, and the equipment being used might malfunction. Wow, that's quite the disclaimer. Yeah. I totally get that. There's a lot of bad things that could happen with people wielding heavy objects, lots of glass flying around. I can see them wanting to have this waiver. But yeah, that's quite the thing to sign. When I tried to go skydiving, which didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I four times tried to go and all four times the goddamn weather got in the way. It's so frustrating. Which I blame the weather, not the company. They did the right thing. But this filled but, me with rage, which... But I, so I drove right to a rage room. But when I did the skydiving waivers, they were all just like, I might die. Please tell my family and friends that I say it's fine if I die. Mm-hmm. Signed, <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. So they can... Show them. See, look. She said to show this to you. So we all signed those individually. And we wore closed-toed shoes and all that. But other than that, I didn't feel like there was much to prepare for. It was like, all right, well, let's go. So they gave us each a little outfit to put on that consisted of... Coveralls. Mm -hmm. So you look like you're working in a mechanic's garage. I forget what they call it, but like a utility outfit or something. It zips up the front. Dark blue gray. Mm -hmm. And then we had these kind of bright reddish orange safety helmets with shields on the front. Some were just a clear plastic acrylic shield. Others were kind of the metal mesh. That's what I was wearing. And I think you were too. Mm -hmm. And then... On top of the like latex gloves, there were welding gloves, like really yeah. thick, impermeable gloves. Yeah. And that was really it. And then that went on top of your shoes, and then you're now protected. Yeah. I was surprised that our shoes were just sort of relied on. Yeah. Because- They said closed-toed shoes. They did. Thank God. But you need some, some resistance. I'll later on mention glass that nearly got through to my foot. I believe it because you were stomping on that glass like there was no tomorrow. (laughs) It was a little tough for Drew. So Drew was with us and Drew has cerebral palsy. So it was hard for him to get into the zip up thing. So word to the wise, if you have a disability, it can be kind of hard to get into the gear. Even putting on the gloves, I remember struggling to get on my left glove over my pinky And that Mm -hmm. became more and more of a problem over the time because every now and then you take off your glove to take a picture or something to fish your phone out of. They give you a bucket 
storage unit thing to put your stuff in. Yeah, that the lid. So every now and then I'd fish that out. And then I'd try to get that glove on again. And it just became increasingly difficult somehow to get my pinky into the glove, oh, which huh. then made it really hard to hold stuff. And now you're breathing through these multiple layers, your helmet and mask, and you've got the coveralls and you get very sweaty. Yeah, you do get warm. They warned us it would be a workout. Yeah, I didn't get very sweaty, but I guess I'm not a heavy sweater. Okay. So the gentleman who had signed us in took us to this side room that was going to be our room. Which we'd already kind of gotten a glimpse of, because right as you come in, on your left there's bleachers, which you can kind of use just to wait for your turn. Mm -hmm. To your right there's a little desk where they meet you and help you. Behind that desk, farther down that wall, there's all of the outfits that we put on. They've got a little cart with all of the paints in case you're doing that thing. Right in front of you as you walk in, you see that car waiting to be smashed. Yeah. And then there's kind of a hallway just to the right of that that leads into these individual rage rooms. And over the bleachers, there's a screen. And this was really interesting because you could see like a nine panel view on the screen of the different rooms through security cameras. And it looked like something straight out of like a low budget horror film, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. a saw or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where you're seeing these different views of these confined rooms, muted colors, and just like objects. Some are smashed, some are just freshly set up and like giant tires and stuff. And it all just looks very bleak. Mm -hmm. And I should say musically, you're hearing piped in rage music. Well, we will once we get in there. So as he's walking us through there, it's like, I mean, it's loud and everything, but it's not like they're going too hard on the heavy music. Yeah, it just so happened that I think we came in when there weren't any active rooms going Mm, on. Okay. Otherwise, we would have heard that from the very start. So he leads us into the side room and flicks on a timer that's going to count down to let us know how much time is left, and then clicks on the music in this very matter-of-fact, like, I don't know, the way you turn like a fan on. You're just like, oh yeah, time for this. Click, click. (laughs) Okay, guys, so I'm going to leave you. (laughs) So that was cute and charming. Yeah, they had this, I assume, set playlist of angry music. Yeah. Like Du Hast by Rammstein, System of a Down. And... Yeah, yeah, that would that would work in there. Yeah, songs like that, and it was funny. Charles was noting like this is very much like our teenage and college years. Feels like people our age kind of set this up, and they're like, "Well, what did I listen to when I was angry in college?" Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Because right, Charles right, was like, right. "I could list a lot of newer bands they should be playing." I yeah, I have a friend who's in a band like that. But it was kind of loud, popular, angry music. <laughs> Later on, I got this notification from my Apple Watch that I've never gotten before. Loud environment. Sound levels hit 90 decibels. Oh, whoa. So in the almost year that I've had this, I've never seen this warning, but it let me know that I was in an environment with prolonged loud noise that could do damage. Yeah, I believe it. Well, you know, here's what's interesting about that to me. One of the triggers slash symptoms of my migraine is something called hyperacusis. So sound can trigger my migraines really easily. Mm. So really loud things do it. But I was thinking while I was in there, oh, I'm I'm surprised this doesn't hurt my ears and head. And I'm pretty sure it was because 
while it was very loud, and I don't think I'd want to stay there a long time, the sounds all combined into one mega sound. It wasn't like competing oh. sounds that I'm consistently like having to sensory integrate and be like, okay. oh, that person's talking, but also there are dishes clanking, but uh-huh. also, oh, an ambulance is going back. That will give me a migraine. When you feel like your attention is being drawn multiple mm-hmm. directions? Okay. That's part of it, but it's okay. not like my conscious attention necessarily. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But that's interesting to see that that even registered on your phone and yeah. still didn't do that to me. <laughs> well, that's good. Glad you didn't get the uh, Thank headache you. out of it. But yeah, we were corralled into our own little murder room. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> looks like that. Like if you walk into a room like that, it's, it's got a cement ground, of course. I did think of McKamey Manor while we were uh, in there. Yeah. yeah. My thought was it's the kind of place you'd expect to see like plastic sheets laid out like, oh no, it's a Dexter kill room or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. They warned us not to hit the walls. They've got like plywood walls up and they've got their logo up there, the R and the kind of angry font saying rage ground. They've got a whole process to this. So they want to be able to fairly easily clean this up afterwards and get it set for the next group. So don't screw things up. So they had certain rules like, okay, you're going to see the barrel. You can hit the top of the barrel. Don't hit the side of the barrel, please. Mm -hmm. Even though it looks really beat up in the side and clearly someone has beat up on it. (laughs) Yeah. There were certain fees they would charge you if they found that you had improperly, you know, beaten something that they did not want you to beat. The fees were usually around like 70 bucks. We weren't talking too excessive. That's more than the price of a printer added to your setup. Sure, yeah. You don't want to get it. So we got in there and they had set up this whole grid of dozens of glass bottles, some up on that barrel that we just mentioned with the caved in sides that we were not supposed to cave in further, a big rubber tire, Mm-hmm, gigantic mm-hmm. rubber tire not sure what that was about yeah i'm not sure if we were supposed to hit it or well, what eventually you ran out of other stuff yeah because 20 minutes is a long time it is a long time people time is relative when you're hitting things uh-huh. 20 minutes is a long time to yeah. hit things so then as we mentioned there were ashtrays glass bottles glasses mostly clear and frosted glass but then those big brown bottles everywhere and then they close the door and you're off to the races. Yeah. So I think there were three bats. There were, Yeah. This room didn't have sledgehammers. There were three bats, two bats. They might have been two bats they, and one crowbar. They had a pipe. I used the pipe, pipe for quite a while. It felt a little bit like playing Clue. Like, okay, it was Ross with the pipe <laughs> in the rage room. Yeah. We just went to town on these bottles and you could throw them against the wall. And they kind of gave you sort of a preferred wall to be addressing mm-hmm. with your ire. It was that back wall. Mm-hmm. The fourth wall wall. It was kind of fun. Like Charles would set up a couple bottles on the barrel and then be like, hey, let's try to knock them over sort of like carnival game style. Mm -hmm. Like, can I hit Mm -hmm. them from the other side of the room? And then I was really proud of myself when I was able to kind of fling an ashtray and hit the bottles from a distance. Like, hey, all right, do I get a stuffed animal? (laughs) A lot of that going on. There was also a time when you threw up something and then swung the baseball bat, you know, the way you would at a baseball. Yeah. And were able to hit it. Then I tried to do the same thing and (laughs) I did not hit it. But it still smashed. Yeah, right. Because of gravity. (laughs) Hit the ground. (laughs) Yeah, there was good batting practice. I've got a picture here of the bat. Oh, wow. Well, it really looks like a dildo in that picture. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah. Yeah, but boy, is this bat in the worst state I've ever seen any bat. I don't know. Don't put that inside yourself. I was going to say that would be an uncomfortable dildo. Yeah. Boy, yeah, does that have a lot of chunks taken out of it? Now, I've always said 
that that would be my zombie apocalypse weapon of choice. Mm -hmm. It's not a ranged weapon, but it doesn't run out of ammo. It doesn't get blunted. No plugging in. Right? Exactly. No electric components. It doesn't run out of batteries. And usually there's like a rubber hand grip to help absorb the shock. Though I recently went to a batting cage. My goodness, that's a lot of force that gets transferred into your hands. Oh, my goodness. Because you're holding the bottom of a very long object. So all that, I don't even know. The fulcrum. Yeah, it's all on you, buddy. Yeah. Really hurts. So we, like I said, went to town, smash, 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 smash. But after a while, you start seeing like, oh, there's only three bottles that are still unharmed. We've kind of smashed everything. Well, what do we do now? And Carrie saved one of the bottles. Yeah, I was just like, I wasn't getting a ton out of smashing the glass. And so then I thought, well, wait, I paid for all this. Here's some nice bottles. I wonder, I'm if, this, take one. wonder if this bottle is feeling survivor's guilt now. <laughs> Perhaps. Designated I saw all my bottle. friends die. Oh, God. I did hit a few of them. I did, what's the word? Like pummel a few. You know, the way okay. you would grind some herbs or something i was doing that on the ground with my i was like okay that's like a little meditative okay and then i try to smash it or i try to like oh i'm gonna wheel on the tire i was just like whatever this is for i didn't catch your mortar and pestle action oh yeah it's not doing for me whatever is supposed to happen okay well that was my next question which was did you feel any well rage like did it even come up Oh, rage, definitely not. We've got a video where Carrie's just like kind of doing a little dance, <laughs> waving her finger in yeah. the air as she dances. She's like, I'm here with my friends. <laughs> when we get to the second part, the part with the car, ask me again about rage. Because okay. it's the closest okay. I got, but I really had to summon it. I would say rage really wasn't coming to mind. Yeah. The things that were going through my mind included... Oh, boy, it's going to be a lot of work to clean all this up. Yes. And later on, Charles was saying, like, I kind of wished I could stick around for an extra five minutes and just help clean it up. Like, that would have made me feel a little better. Oh, sure, sure. I also wonder if they are able to recycle all those things. And also, I really hope that since we're in L.A., where there's tons and tons of prop shops that oversupply themselves, Mm. I hope that's where all this came from and that they're not going to, like, a dollar store. Actually, we did manage to find a video where the founder... Peter Wolf, great name. Yeah. Sounds like his his normal name is Antha. (laughs) I was going to say, sounds like he's straight out of a fairy tale. He was saying that they get the glass stuff out of wholesale liquidation. Okay. And sounds like they try to do their best to recycle everything they can and get the dangerous stuff removed from electronics. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. But once, you know, within five minutes, you've pretty much decimated the room what do you mm-hmm. do with the other 90 oh my god yeah you have to do the mortar and pestle move yeah, right so There's nothing else yeah so okay well let's put these big chunks up on top of the drum and just kind of hit it yeah. a bunch of times <laughs> repeatedly and oh are we here, having fun yet here's the punt of a bottle i'm gonna you know throw it up in the air and hit it like a baseball but first i'm gonna make sure i'm not about to hit drew or carry with my bat yes <laughs> yeah which you really do have to watch yeah. out for oh yeah you really do it has to happen where people hit each other by accident and i did ask the person i out front about that i said i don't remember if i actually said you're not going to give us a warning about hitting each other or what but (laughs) i said something about that and he said if you do that that's on you wow okay very laissez-faire all right okay and then after a while 
I'll just start jumping around and tramping on the glass. Mm -hmm. And this is where I noticed, actually, as we were leaving the room later, I noticed that I felt something under my foot and I looked and there was this big kind of like wicked, large piece of curved glass. And part of it was thoroughly embedded in the sole of my shoe. Oh my God. the other part curved around and it was poking into the side of my foot and I could kind of feel that too. You got to watch your feet more, Ross. (laughs) Our investigations are just ways for you to torture your feet. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Why is that always the (laughs) common denominator? So yeah, there were a couple times where I found glass embedded in my shoe, but my shoe did its job. Oh my God. You know, actually afterward, Ross, oh, you're Ross. Afterward, Drew and I went out to dinner and we were both like, did you see... Ross jumping on that glass? I would never jump on the glass like that because you were like jumping up and down on that glass. I was avoiding it. Oh, when do you get the opportunity to do that? Yeah, I never. Goodness. We were joking toward the end, like, oh, this could be another investigation doing the glass walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Along the lines of we doing some time, f- fire walking. Yeah, well, that would have been the moment. Also, when you kind of run out of things to hit, there's that big freaking tire. Yeah. And so I would just start repeatedly hitting the tire, maybe seeing, oh, can I pull it away from the wall and knock it over? Okay. Yeah. But it absorbs so much energy and just kind yeah. of... Like, like it's rubber and you're glue. That was, I think, the best part of that room, though, because at least in that case, I would hit it hard enough uh-huh. that some of that just like friendly exhaustion feeling would build up, you <laughs> it know, is tiring. The runners high dopamine, whatever oh, okay. that is like that, you. like, oh, I tired myself enough that I feel a little good for a few seconds. You tired yourself. Uh, tread lightly. I tired. I retired. You hit that thing, but you're like, well, I'm not doing anything to it, but I'm sure exhausting myself. Yeah. is just extra absorbent. At the end, we were just kind of like watching this clock behind us, high up on the wall, of course, to avoid the splatter. And just thinking like, oh, three minutes Still, left. Huh? Okay. Well, like, I guess I'll go jump on some more glass. Yeah. I don't know. What do I do? Mortar and pestle move, I guess. <laughs> You pointed out, though, that when the bottle breaks, that like sine wave at the bottom of the bottle remains intact. Yeah, the punt. The punt. Okay, I heard you trying to shout something at me about like, this is a good demonstration. <laughs> this is a good one. Communication was hard. Every now and yeah. then you're like, Charles and I would go over to the side and be like, hey, it's fun if you... <laughs> Throw an ashtray at the bottle. Charles kept trying to say things to me. I was like, Charles, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and then we'd go back a few minutes later. I'm like, Charles, I still don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so what is that thing at the bottom of a bottle and why should I believe it? It's not just for reducing the amount of volume of liquid inside the <laughs> right. bottle. It's okay. also supposed to be for structural stability. Oh. And that's why it breaks last. But yeah, those would stay together. So then Mm -hmm. those made good batting practice. Those were the last to go for sure. Besides the tire, of course. And us. Yeah. Thank goodness. If it was us versus the tire, the tire would win every time. Yeah, that tire will probably be here in 100 years. Which makes me think of that movie, Rubber. You should see this. There's a tire that terrorizes a town and kills everybody. Oh, geez. Okay. It's so weird and bad that it's good. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And also, as far as the folks who came with us, I can speak on behalf of Drew because I just asked him. He said that he didn't really notice any like rage release or whatever. It just didn't seem connected to any anger. And he enjoyed it a little less than he expected to. Another thing I was thinking about just while we were in there, because I did think it was fun. I think part of the appeal is that so much energy in our lives, literally energy, gets funneled into... Reducing entropy. We're always about 
cleaning up after ourselves yeah. and rearranging things and doing stuff for work and all of it's productive. And here's a chance to just kind of be this entropy machine, like mm. this chaos bringer mm-hmm. and just kind of break stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You're reducing the amount of information in the universe for a moment. That's the rules. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That sort of seems like a cousin of catharsis, not quite the way we usually use the term. But it just unrelated to rage whatsoever. Right, it right. was just kind of like, oh, well, this is unusual. I don't normally get to break things. And now I get to tell people that I've broken things. Boy, do you work up a sweat. But before we get there, Carrie, yeah. I think it's important that everybody in their lives have fiends. Oh, you've said it before. You'll say it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're saying it now as we speak. I, too, think that everyone should have a fiend. And in particular, you should have a best fiend. That's right. If you're going to do that, you can actually get your best fiends on your phone. Oh, okay. Okay. hopefully you have not smashed. You kept it in the bucket. So you didn't accidentally hit it while it was in your pocket. That'd be bad. Yeah, best fiends. It's a game. It's a game you play on your phone. Exactly. We're going to be straight with you this time, you guys. It is a phone video game. And hey, if a a fun, relaxing activity can help you at all with stress management, then maybe this is it. Yeah. You know, having a game that you can play even when you're offline. Let's say your internet connection is down. That won't stop you from playing Best Fiends. That's not going to stop you. Not with Best Fiends. Because if you've listened to this show for a while, you know that Ross loves his fiends. I do. And maybe- It's part of my daily routine now. Oh, wow. Almost every day. Not like my language apps or anything, but almost every day I'm checking in on those fiends. that's pretty good. Listen, maybe you're used to crushing the same old candy over and over. Maybe you keep crushing glass in a Mm -hmm. rage room. Well, now you can do something a little different. Try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. I always check in with my current level. I'm at level 2,550. And uh oh, it says it's a very hard level. Oh, gotta get my thinking cap on for that VHL. one. It might take me a few tries to get through this one. Actual storyline: you've got good guys; those are the fiends, and you've got the not so good guys; those are the slugs. And you solve the puzzles, you earn the points, you get all kinds of little bonuses as you level up your fiends. They're these colorful bugs. They're either red, yellow, green, blue, or purple. I like it. I love bright, basic colors. And so then you get to choose from each color category. You have a different set of fiends. So then in each game, you choose like, oh, I'm going to grab this one from the red. Oh, it looks like I need to clear a lot of vertical and horizontal ones. I need my green, I think his name is Lapoleon, like rhymes with Napoleon. He'll clear a row vertically and horizontally at the same time. So you get strategic even about which bugs you choose to help you out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Uh, Yeah, mm -hmm, super mm -hmm. fun. And, you know, your fiends start out as wee baby versions of their future selves. So the more you play, the more fiends join your team and they become more powerful and they help you solve these puzzles that get harder and harder as you progress. And they have literally thousands of levels and they add more all the time. Not anywhere close to done. So you can be like Ross and download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, best fiends. But, you know, I am glad while we were at the rage room that Mm -hmm. I did not bring my Rothies because they're too cute. They're pretty sturdy and everything, but I wouldn't want to risk it. That's true. I did not bring my Rothies as well. I don't want to like stomp on glass with them. No. They're made out of plastic bottles. True. So they are recycled. Speaking of concerns about the reuse of materials. Good point. Rothies cares about that too. And that's why their materials are made out of recycled post-consumer 
plastic bottles. So it actually would have been morally wrong to wear them because they would have been like, oh my God, hi, fellow bottles. And it would just, it would be too much. You know, it's just too much to ask of those beautiful cute shoes. So what better way to welcome the fall season than with new shoes? And they've got flats and sneakers. Rothy's has everything you need to start fall on the right foot or left foot. You do you. (laughs) Yeah. And don't start falling on the right foot. Mm. Just start fall on the right foot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Plus, Rothy's spacious, washable bags are perfect for effortlessly carrying your essentials. We'll take zero effort. You will not feel them. If you feel them, you can complain to customer service. Everybody thinks about Rothy's with shoes, but they also have bags. So check it out. You'll find something you're interested in, I'm sure. And like we said, listen, they make their stuff out of reused Water bottles. Yeah, it's really cool. Are you used to putting things in landfills? Why don't you get used to taking them out, folks? They're super comfortable, and you'll spend a while marveling over the fact that, wow, I can't believe that these used to be water bottles. But then you'll just enjoy them as shoes because they're comfy. And you might be used to the sort of femme designs that they offered first, but now they've got more of a unisex line. Mm -hmm. Rothy's now sells sneakers, driving loafers, whatever your look is, they have something for you. And this new line features the same level of craftsmanship as those femme models. It's durable, it's washable, and it's better for the planet. Plus, rigorously tested for a perfect fit, wash after wash. To help you welcome autumn in style, Rothy's is doing something very special. That's right. They gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash oh no. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash oh no. $20 off. Nice. Head to rothys.com slash oh no to find your new favorites today. Okay, but Ross is it? I'm Ross. So we left that small room And next up, we were going to go have a cage match. Yeah, when the clock got to zero, Gary's like, okay, yay, we get out now. Let us out. It's not like we were locked in there or anything. So the nice young gentleman came and let us out and took us to this separate cage Mm -hmm. where there was a car. And what's interesting about this cage is you're also kind of on display. It's a bit of a fishbowl. Yeah, again, it's the first thing you see as you walk in Mm -hmm. because it's behind this cage and they close the cage behind you. And there was a young man and a young woman who were kind of the docents Mm -hmm. at this place who bore with our questions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and led us around. They stick you in this cage, and it's not much bigger than the car itself. No. It was kind of a four-door sedan. It was Impala, actually. Oh, that's ironic. I I remember. (laughs) Or exactly unironic. Why is that ironic? Because we're going to impale it. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, you know, come to think of it, I spent a fair amount of time wailing on the Impala logo. That's oh, there you go. why I could remember. It okay. thoroughly embedded in my mind. Yeah, dark blue gray, kind of like our coveralls, maybe a little bluer. We could walk around it, but you only had like maybe a few feet of clearance in either direction around this thing. Yeah, you're very aware of your friends, or should be at least. I was very like, okay, okay, I'm coming up behind Drew. I want to make sure he sees me before I do, because... It would be so easy to smash your friend's head. Yeah. Oh. So easy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And thankfully we're wearing helmets, but still. Still. I'm sure people get hit. So they put us in this little cage. And also as people are coming through the front door, future customers, people waiting for their own appointments, they just start watching you too. Sure. I mean. Strangers. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah. And earlier when we were inside the other room, occasionally we'd hear this loud sound that sounded like, I thought, a gunshot. 
And I kept wondering. Oh, I wasn't aware of this at all. I kept thinking, well, what's that? Obviously not <laughs> a gun, but what's someone hitting in the other room? Is that the printer? And I didn't think about it. But then once we started hitting the car. Oh, you heard the sound? Yeah. And okay. I was like, oh, this sounds like a gunshot. So was it hitting the top of it? or That definitely did it. Okay. Yeah, certain surfaces where it was just the right amount of acoustical vibration from hitting this solid metal with other solid metal. And yeah. it would just be that kind of pop. So one thing you learn from this is a car is very hard to destroy. Yeah. And our appointment was at five o'clock. That's when we were supposed to start. They weren't too insistent on, you got to start this moment because you signed Mm -hmm. up at five o'clock. We got to get you in now. They did want you to be early and we were, but we didn't get in the other room till like 5.09 or whatever it was. But yeah, they set the timer again for 10 minutes. And the reason I was mentioning that it was five o'clock was because it was the end of the day and this car had already been pulverized. Yeah. And so I was wondering about the economics of this because, again, it's a car. However, having worked for a nonprofit that would sometimes look into buying old cars people didn't want, I won't get into why, but I do remember that a lot of people are like, please come take my car. I don't know what to do with my car. I'll pay you to come take my car. So I know that exists. So I pulled the guy aside at the front before we went in there and asked like, hey, how do you get the cars? Oh, well, we get them from a tow yard. Ah, yep. And my thought had been body shops. I thought maybe they get cars that are already in a bad way. Insurance doesn't want to pay for them. Yeah. They're just going to get wrecked anyway. And then when I heard tow companies, the oh, this makes me feel worse. Charles was saying that later too, like, oh, just thinking about oh. the person who had their car taken and they couldn't pay to get it back out. Oh, I see. Eventually it was just mm, destroyed. I, okay. I see what you mean, but I would guess that that's yours and Charles and my experience with tow yards. So that's what we'd think of is like mm-hmm. when you're driving your car and it gets towed. But I would guess that most tow yard business comes from someone who just left their car on the side of the street, never was going to come back to it. Maybe. I'm sure there's a variety of stories behind, well, as many stories as there are cars. Because if it was still drivable, you'd sell it. So I don't know what this car looked like at the beginning of the day, but he was saying, yeah, we have a new car every day. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing this, maybe get an early appointment if you want to break the windows. Yes, this is the biggest bummer of all, is that all the glass is gone. Yeah, and it's a safety glass and there were little bits of it kind of still hanging on and in fragments, so you kind of hit at it very unsatisfactorily. I started hitting this car and then (laughs) the most satisfying thing I could find you could do is stand next to one of the doors and hit it in the same spot over and over. Okay. Because A, you'd tire yourself out. You'd happy tire, if you will. Uh And then two... Finally, the paint would start coming off and Ah. you'd see the metal underneath. You'd feel like you were at least doing something. (laughs) Yeah. I'm breaking this car down. Uh, They did warn us beforehand not to hit anything with blue tape X on it. Yeah. So that was like the hubcaps. I guess that maybe makes the car hard to move later on when they want to get it out of there. Oh, interesting. I thought maybe like it would rebound too hard and might hurt you. Oh, okay. Uh, That might be an option as well. Though hitting that bumper, boy, bumpers are designed to absorb shock and... They do a good job. Yeah. You felt so unproductive hitting that front bumper. Mm -hmm. It's just like it absorbs everything. You're like, "Ah, this is not what I was expecting when I hit what felt like a solid object. What I kept thinking as we were doing this was, oh, I bet there is a really useful reason to do this, which would be if you are really, really afraid to be a passenger in a car and you just sort of have no sense of like, is a car easy to destroy and kill me? And don't get me wrong. 
it is one of the most dangerous things we do is wrecking yes, cars. Um, and, and they can be destroyed. But if you kind of have no sense at all of like, but how easy, how worried should I be? Every time I get in a car, how freaked out should I be? Mm. This might help. Yeah, there's been this kind of arms race where, yes, it is an incredibly dangerous, crazy thing that we do driving around all the time. But at the same time, engineering into cars and shock absorption is astounding. It, mm-hmm. it really is uh, and maybe not perfected, but certainly optimized bit of engineering where, man, a car can really absorb a lot of punishment and protect the passengers. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Still wear your seatbelts. Get vaccinated. Oh yeah. <laughs> unrelated dangers but i figured i'd just throw that in there (laughs) while i was at it but yeah this time for whatever reason they hadn't provided us four tools Mm -hmm. it was just three there was the pipe yeah and there were two sledgehammers okay and sledgehammers newsflash they're heavy they're so top heavy yes not just heavy top heavy yes so you try to swing that you're like okay i'm gonna swing it from behind my shoulder, I'm going to put it over my shoulder and then I'm going to swing it. Mm-hmm. And then you start to do that and you're like, oh, this involves a muscle I didn't expect. Okay, I've really got to use my bicep. <laughs> but then when it gets over near my head, now I need to use my forearm in a way I did not expect to control. Because otherwise, as soon as this hits the car, it's going to bounce and then it's going to hit Ross. Okay, so now <laughs> oh, I'm controlling with my forearm. That's a, a good, lot of work. That's a good point. That kind of ricochet effect. You have to sort of anticipate what this thing's going to do, especially if you misfire and kind yep. of don't hit the surface you're going for. Charles and I were talking about this later, like neither of us had really been doing a lot of arm exercises lately. Mm-hmm. Like this is exhausting. Yeah, it was the tough part. And there's something about that motion that just makes me internally hum. I've been working on the railroad <laughs> all the live long day. So I was kind of doing that as I was smacking the car. I mean, you do that even four, five, six times in a row and God, you're so tired. Yeah. And then you're just doing these kind of like desultory hits. Like, yeah. Mm, like, oh, I guess uh, those people standing over there are watching. Oh, is, better oh Carrie's taking a video of this. Oh, I can't. Okay. I, I can't look macho anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm oh, tapped. And so then you just kind of like wander around. I don't know. What do I do now? See, they got all the glass. Oh, n- nobody's hit the top. Why does nobody hit the top? Oh, because you need extra. Charles was kind of explaining this later. Like, you need to kind of cantilever extra energy yep. to lift it up to something above your head Yep. to get that sledgehammer over there. But we were doing it. I did it a few times. We were yeah. doing yeoman's work trying to smash it. But you still don't, like, pierce it, which, thank goodness, that's how you learn these things are, like, yeah, well, you know, pretty okay. He- pretty yeah, okay at absorbing he- heavy this stuff. Heavy stuff falls on top of your car and you're probably going to be safe. Now, another car going even 10, 20 miles an hour could probably hurt it quite a bit more. So again, be careful. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't take risks. And for God's sake, don't text when you drive. <laughs> please, please, for the love of God, don't text when you drive. It is as dangerous as drunk driving. Don't text when you drive. It's I- been studied so Thoroughly. This is the maddest I've gotten talking about the rage room, and I brought it on myself. Do not text and drive. It drives me bananas when I see people doing that. I see people weaving in and out of lanes, and every time I'm like, they're going to be texting. I know they're going to be texting, and then I pull up, and they're fucking texting. Don't text and drive. It's insane. It's an insane thing to do. It is so, it is so counter social. Please care about this. Carrie has her eyes closed. She's waving her hand in the air like a pre. <laughs> yeah, you should have funneled all of that. In, oh my god, I should have. Instead, I thought about my 
fucking boss from 2012. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so. so <laughs> <laughs> while we were in this cage, I was like, okay, okay, try to channel some rage. Think about rage. Who are you mad at? And I, this happens regularly if I try to think about like a person I'm mad at. The sure. only thing I think You've of got, is this boss from 2012. One touch point, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, think about that guy. Think about his dumb face. Oldie but a goodie. Um, yeah, <laughs> totally. So I thought about him. I was like, okay, okay, okay. We can get a little mad. I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad. Okay, okay, there it is. I'm 8% mad. And then I got the sledgehammer and I hit the side. And I did it long enough that, again, I just felt, the way I do if I run a long time, sure. just like, ooh, yeah, okay, that's good. I'm right. tired in a good way. But eventually, just like his face dissolved, it wasn't a sustaining motivation. Yeah, and when you did that, I thought, oh, right, right, we're supposed to be angry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's not the natural reaction. Yeah. I like this is fun and tiring and it's a bit of a workout. I don't know, it's a lot of things that you're yeah. thinking about, but I just didn't feel rage. Charles yeah. said he didn't feel rage. No, but Drew maybe you're supposed did. to go in with some rage, but then it's like, how do you make an appointment? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to be mad Wednesday at three. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Nobody really schedules rage, do yeah. they? Yeah. It, it always comes unexpected. If you have to take a lesson from this, it's schedule your rage. <laughs> Let's see. I can be very angry from two to three on Friday. I'm going to have to save full on rage for, let's see, do we have a slot Saturday from four to four thirty? You were doing that. I thought, okay, okay. What's my go-to rage? And I just thought of Mitch McConnell. Okay. Like yeah. His constant obstructionism, yeah. his hypocrisy, yeah. his just blatant power grabs. You Trying know, like, to keep the January 6th commission from happening. I hate the that. guy yeah. on so many levels. And so I tried to picture him, but I just, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. really... Motivate my swinging. It feels like a put on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got a couple thwacks at the Impala logo. I was like, ah. I should have thought about people texting and driving. There you go. Yeah, that clearly uh, yeah, gets that, under your... That actually did work me up a little. Your more than anything okay. else. Yeah. I feel like rage was really just a kind of a separate thing, but it's more fun to call this a rage room. Yeah, I, that's my impression too, is just cultural understanding that we have that rage and destruction equal one another... And rage room is alliterative. Yeah, right. But when, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they call you in, like you said, there's no prep where they say, think about the things that are really yeah. upsetting you in life. And nope. let's all focus on that right now. Nope, nope. It's just like, all right, well, you paid for glasses. I'm going to set up a bunch of glasses. And as it turns out, segue, we're going to have someone on next week to talk about rage, anger, and the best ways to handle them. And actually, the Rage Room's handling it, I think, in kind of an okay way from what we know from the research, mm. because mm. it does seem to be not very useful to have rage about a particular thing and try to, quote unquote, get it out. On thing B, some other thing. Right. It may not even be good to get it out on thing A. We'll talk more about that too. But especially thing B, it seems to be pretty much pointless. Yeah, we've got a really exciting conversation to share with you next week. Yeah. On this very topic. Yes, with, you might say, an expert. Ooh. Who probably doesn't text and drive. I'm going to have to find out. Well, Ross, may I ask you? Yes. What would you give the Los Angeles Rage Room on a pseudoscience scale where one is something not at all pseudoscientific, 
So like the theory of evolution by natural selection as articulated but not first discovered by Charles Darwin. And 10... Wait, wasn't first discovered by Charles Darwin? Oh, you know, there's all that like contemporaries who were like, no, we did it about the same time. Oh, okay. Sure. There's Alfred Russell Wallace, but Charles Darwin had done much more work in earlier than him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, The theory of natural evolution (laughs) as most famously articulated by Charles Darwin. Yeah, so that's very scientific. 10 is something that's very pseudoscientific, like you can't get COVID if you eat one sandwich a day. Dumb. Wrong. Mm -hmm. Further study needed. I would say on that scale, I'm going to rate it low. It taps into a common, I would say, from my perspective, misconception about rage and anger. So it's kind of premised on a bad idea, but it doesn't like try to drive it home too much. So I'll say three. Okay. So I, yeah, I feel like the basic concept is maybe flawed, but they're not making a huge deal about it. Mostly, mm-hmm. if smashing things sounds fun to you, this might be worth it, though that's quite a bit of money. How mm. about you? I'd give it a five. Okay. Yeah, I'd put it right there in the middle for pretty much making the same argument you're making, just maybe emphasizing different points. But yeah, I, am. I do think that there is extra responsibility for how you name something. And I mm. say this as a podcast with an inexplicable title. Sure. But I do think in most cases... The title does about half the work of giving the final impression of the product. There's a wonderful book by Susan Clancy called The Trauma Myth. Entire book, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Title, horrific. And Mm. so many people have read that entire book and walked away with this very complex, convoluted impression of that book because it's got this shitty-ass title that makes it sound like trauma's not a real thing. I think there's a similar problem here. We're like, okay, fine. Mm. It really isn't about rage. Fine, but you didn't name it. The damn rage room. Yeah, if they just called it break shit LA or something yeah. like that. Well, fine. Yeah. Find another alliteration. Then you wouldn't have us. Yeah. We wouldn't have even come, probably. Hauling your ass before our rating system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, what would you give this then on a pocket drainer scale where one is something not very pocket draining, but 10 is something incredibly pocket draining? It's really expensive. Yeah, yeah. It is really expensive. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah, for not a lot of time. Seven? Yeah, I think that's fair. Now, granted, destroying stuff is not something we're normally allowed to do. Normally, we have to pay a lot of money if we do destroy something. We break things. Those items themselves that they've hauled in there, all of that has worth. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure all of that and disposing of it properly and all the labor around that that has to add up too. So yeah. I don't know how much of a premium they're putting on top of it, counting employee time and renting the space and all of that. But still, it's a lot of money. So I'm going with you at seven. I would say though, listener, if you're going to do this, learn from my mistakes. You know, I wish I had gotten a printer or a VCR because then at least yeah. the outside isn't the same as the inside. Mm. So you'd break it open and get the satisfaction ah. of like, oh, that's what that looks like. I got in there. Oh. Whoa, the inside of a printer. Take this paper jam. Yeah. Oh, well, jam, jam, see, jam. it's not that though. It's oh. not a frustration thing. It's like a the secret insides thing. Oh, well, yeah. sure. But also printers are very frustrating. <laughs> sure. Implement. That is true. I did find myself missing having a printer or computer or something. That, mm-hmm. right? I've been with friends when we've gone to like a shooting range or something and put out a computer there. There is something fun about, I think mm-hmm. you're right, mm-hmm. about, oh, I would never see it this way. This right. is a rare opportunity. That's what's in there. A rare glimpse. Yeah. So yeah, expensive. Yeah, expensive. Oh, by the way, I should say another piece of info I got from the guy because 
I was wondering, how did they get the car in there? Yeah. Because the car's in this very confined, very fairly permanent looking cage. And they said, we built this space just for ourselves, knowing that we would have to do this. So the walls mm. are movable. Oh, and right. so we can clear a path. And we've got two cars in the back waiting at all times. Oh, wow. So we take out the old one, bring in a new one, rinse hmm. and repeat. Yeah, cool. What would you give this on a danger rating? Where one is something that's just simply not dangerous, like eating some really good yellow curry at Palm's Thai in Hollywood. Ooh, in the that's town where good I live. food. Yeah, right. And then ten is something that's extremely dangerous, like texting while you're goddamn driving that's a, a car. That's a text. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I see. I see. Like ten, but yeah. text. Okay, yeah, yeah. One to text. One thing I was really surprised about, just as we were smashing glass everywhere, knowing that it could be bouncing up and around, I felt pretty well protected in those coveralls and face mask and everything. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. We can break all this glass, which would normally be like, big deal, everybody. Just dropped a glass in the kitchen. Stay away. Mm -hmm. Have to deal with this. Hazmat suits. We've already talked about just the inherent danger of swinging around sledgehammers and baseball bats and pipes yeah i didn't feel unsafe but the danger's there the (laughs) the materials are there so i'll say um five i feel like i don't know i feel like i would need to find out well how often are injuries i don't know because there are other dangers that we deal with where the danger is sort of hidden Mm -hmm. you know there are certain like drugs a person might give you or modalities you might take that you might not realize are dangerous. This, the danger is fairly obvious. So hopefully you're accounting for it just Mm -hmm. in your human reaction. And just beyond the idea of hitting things with objects, there's also the blunt force trauma being applied to your body as the one Mm -hmm. wielding the thing. Sure. Hitting the car, it's putting a lot of fast motions on your body. If you're going to tweak something or get something out of alignment, this might be the time you do it. But you know what? I'm thinking about this and like every person I know who's even worked in production in TV has Mm -hmm. some horrible story about like breaking their entire fist open. You know, people who have these like consistently physical jobs always have these horrible stories. So I imagine something bad has to happen at Rage Room a few times a week. Yeah, that's interesting. That would have been a good question to ask about. I don't know if we would have gotten a straight answer. True. This is totally arbitrary and just from my gut and not based on hardly anything, but I'm going to say four. Okay. What would you give this on a creepiness scale Mm. where one is something not creepy, like you enjoy yellow curry at the Palms Thai restaurant (laughs) in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a 10 is something like you walk into a room that you've rented, they lock the door behind you, and all of a sudden a green gas (laughs) starts seeping in from the walls and the penguin shows up. Oh, no. From Batman. Okay, that penguin, not a penguin. (laughs) Yeah, I realized Carrie was picturing an actual, like, maybe emperor penguin. I was picturing the penguin, I'm happy to tell you. Oh, good, Because you said the... Like, I was thinking of McKamey Manor, so there was some (laughs) creep. It is designed a little bit to, like, creep you out. But it only happens in that first room, not in the cage. So, I don't know, three? I think with that video display where you just see these fluorescent lit (laughs) concrete rooms with Mm -hmm. plywood walls that feel very ad hoc for this purpose. It did look creepy. Mm -hmm. They're playing the rage music as popular as it may have been. (laughs) Um, That song didn't even play, by the way, everyone. It's was just my go-to, like, song that's supposed to creep me out. So I'll say 
4.5. Okay. A little higher on the okay. scale. That feels okay. good and creepy. What about hot drinks? Did you get one that I didn't notice? You know what? I think a hot drink would not have been apropos at the end, but rather I will give them credit for the cold drink they made available. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it was just lukewarm, but they had bottled water Little afterwards. tiny waters. Yeah. Like you're going to a general at the WB. <laughs> Boy, did that hit the spot. Because afterwards, oh, you are tired and yeah, sweaty. A Charles, afterwards, we took a picture together just because we had rivulets of sweat and our hair looked gross <laughs> uh, after we finally got these layers off of us. Yeah, it was a workout. So that has some value in and of itself. Yeah, this could be your gym. Yeah, I checked before and after, and the Apple Watch is not a perfect measure of this, but I had burned 65 calories. That didn't seem like enough for all of the That's always the case, though. energy expended. I'll run on my trampoline for a good half hour, and my watch is like, good job, 18 calories. <laughs> Whatever. What gives? What? What? I'm just going to assume this is wrong and go on with my day. That was a thumbs up. What did you give it for hot drinks? Thumbs down. Okay. I'm not inventing some new rule around hot drinks. Well, they, they gave didn't me the, give them. They gave me the drink I needed. Yeah, fair. I appreciate that. Give me a tea room any day. Instead of a rage mm-hmm. room. All right. That's right. And it probably won't be as expensive. <laughs> I would hope not. Someone please open a tea room that makes extraordinary claims so I can go. <laughs> so I was certainly looking forward to this more. I still had fun. I think it was fun to go and smash things. Yeah. I did ask my friend Amelia what she thought of it and if it felt at all therapeutic before we even did this i wanted to know if like they pitched it that way and she said it's a lot of fun i did wish there were a few more larger glass or ceramic stuff to break but overall great experience they didn't make any claims about anger slash stress relief that i can recall but i think that was pretty therapeutic there's something very freeing about breaking things on purpose, especially household stuff like glasses or plates. <laughs> she was jealous of the car. I was jealous of her printer. That's funny. I don't think I was as tired as any of you, but I think I also just put in less effort. <laughs> Anyways, I had fun. It's not something I would do on a regular basis, mostly just because of the cost factor. Yeah, it's very expensive. But if you're going to do it, hopefully you've got enough tips and tricks to get uh, a printer to stay safe. By not texting on your way there. Yeah, exactly. That's my primary concern. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join, J-O-I-N. And thank you to all of you who have done that and do that and support us. It makes this podcast possible. Yeah. So thank you. You are the reason it happens. T-Y... And you can also support us by going and purchasing a Jumbotron. Yeah, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Yeah. You can also buy books at Bookshop.org slash shop slash oh no. There you'll see our on recommendations. (laughs) A very nice portmanteau. Well done, Gary. And if you want, you can leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever you're listening to this. Yeah, that would be very helpful to us. Yeah. And you know what? I'll say it. I consider a four-star review a positive review. Four, five, I'm happy. Yeah. Three, I'm like, oh, we're mid-range, but I can stomach it. And I really want to bring back the glory of a four-star review. Four is good. It's good. Also, most students should get Cs. It means average. If we really mean it that it's average, then the average person should get it. Okay? You're one of those teachers. I think we should put less pressure on kids. Oh, anyway, sure. this probably isn't the moment. It's funny. This comes up on Reading Glasses all the time. Another oh, yeah? Maximum Fun show, which oh, okay. is fantastic. They talk about books and those ratings. And uh-huh. both Bria and Mallory as hosts have different 
feelings about the four and five star rating. Uh, uh-huh. Like sometimes they'll say like, well, why even leave a rating if you're not going to give it four or five stars? But Whoa. but then they'll get tons of mail from people who are like, no, like a three star is really good. Uh-huh. Like that means stars- I, oh, I enjoyed well, it. Okay. Three to me is like, it was fine. Yeah. Like three is at least positive. No, Whereas it's neutral. See this. Okay, okay. It's fine. All right. It's smacked up and well, fine. It's a C. And we're talking about a five-star scale. But yes, a review is very helpful, so thank you. And you can tell a friend in person, if you have a real friend in real life. Whoa, yeah. You can look them in the eye without technology involved and just say, hello, friend. You should listen to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie. It's a great podcast. And don't blink because Ross didn't. Nope. Why would you? <laughs> Also, you could have your friend tape you doing that to your spouse or significant other or friend. Yeah, oh, no, get technology involved. Oh, no, she lost the staring contest. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see a video of someone unblinkingly recommending our show straight into their other friend's Make eyes. Make sure to tag or copy us on that. And remember, from Rage Ground co-founder Peter Wolf. Rage Ground is basically just a place where you can come and break stuff for whatever reason you want. I was actually watching Netflix, and I saw a place that was similar to this in Texas, and I wanted to do it, but there wasn't one out here, so it seemed like a really good business opportunity and something that L.A. really needed. The more miscellaneous items, like the glass, we source through liquidation wholesale. So we buy those, we let people break them, and then what can be recycled, we recycle. And then the electronics we get from an e-waste center, so they take out the hazardous materials in the electronics, so it's safe to break, and then we return them to be properly recycled. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.